Hi, this is Intuition, your first sense. This is Vicki Baird. Thank you for joining me this week for an episode where I am going to talk about those intuitive children. These kids that we have in our world today, the wiring, what we can do to help them understand their wiring, and how we can help to create contributing members of society moving forward and to help them to feel the best that they can in their soul, in their human self, and in the expression of who they are. So join me in this fun subject. See you in a second. Thank you for joining me. Like I said, this is going to be about the kids. I've had a lot of requests for the show and I actually think I promised it in the second season and then it just didn't get on the list. So early in the third season, this is where it's going because I want to make sure that I provide it and that I answer the requests for subject matter. And it is a subject that I love because I've worked with many really incredibly intuitive psychic children, including one that I raised. And it is not the easiest thing on the planet. However, I'm going to say the same thing I say about all adults. We are all intuitive. We are all psychic. And that we didn't just show up as 40-year-olds all of a sudden having these abilities. That may be when we get reminded of them but we didn't just show up with these abilities. This is something that has been inherent in us, and it's something that obviously came through as a soul, so there's noting that it happened from prior to conception. So therefore, the kids have it as well. And I have learned a few things over the decades of working with those that aren't mine, because that helps you to really learn how to be um, to be creative, to be seeing each as an individual. When they're your own kid, sometimes it's a little hard, isn't it? Because we see them as a derivative of us, right? So it can be difficult to separate the ego out from who this being is. So, like I said, all kids are intuitive, and every one of them come in with their first sense fully intact. And we think because they can't focus, or maybe their hearing isn't the best, we don't give them enough credit. However, I, they've just come from source. So, for me, they're the most fun. When I'm walking around in the grocery store, typically there's a little one that'll lock eyes with me. And they'll be talking up a storm inside their head, so telepathically sending me all this information. And a lot of the times I play it off with humor, you know, especially if the parent recognizes it or whomever's shopping with them recognizes it. And I'll say something like, ah, they know a nano when they see one. Um, and it, because I do enjoy, I really love other people's kids. I don't want to raise anymore, but I really love other people's kids. They know that, they feel that. So I'm not going to say to the adult with them that, oh, by the way, they just told me about your day and what's going on and what they would like in the store because you know, I just don't want them <laughs> to call the police on me. So 
or put their kid away in a don't talk to that one, she's a bit wackadoodle way. So they come in with this wiring, and if they're fortunate to have adults around them who honor that, who respect the fact that we're not cookie cutters and our intelligence doesn't start when our speaking starts, it happens way before we take our first breath. So a lot of the times these kids will convey their sensitivity in different ways. They won't like going to someone. Have you ever had the experience where you try to hand your kid off to someone that they've seen maybe multiple times and have liked them before, but they don't want to go to them that particular day? That's them saying, hey, they may be smiling on the outside, but that person you're about to hand me to has really funky energy, and I don't particularly want to be held by that today. And I really believe that we have to listen to this. This is important to be able to honor in our kids. I believe in manners. My kids always had to say goodbye, but when I started realizing about this stuff, they didn't have to give the hug goodbye, and they, they certainly didn't have to hug anyone they didn't know really well. And part of that is not only respecting a body, that's respecting energy fields. And boy, you know, there were a lot of time, all of, every one of my kids at one point would say or observe, including my granddaughter, she nails it just about every time, but they would give me an assessment of someone maybe once we got in the car, right? They'd say, hey, that one sounded like, or seemed like they were really cranky today. Um, one time my granddaughter, after a get together, when we got in the car, she said to me, so-and-so pretends to like you, but I don't think she does. <laughs> And it wasn't a surprise to me. I was well aware that the person she was talking about does not like me. And that's okay. But we, Kenzie and I had never had a conversation about that. And she nailed it. And I, I gave her credit. I said, I, I believe you're correct, honey. Because I think the feedback is important as well. We really have to pay attention to how are they responding. You know, maybe that teacher they have that everybody else loves has some sort of frequency that doesn't resonate with them. And I'm going to talk later about how we can help them. But it's listening at first and helping them to come up with the vocabulary around what's going on for you. What are you feeling? What are you sensing? What is happening? And if they're pre-verbal or non-verbal, we really have to honor those that are non-verbal. So if you are blessed enough to have someone in your world who is what's considered developmentally delayed, I disagree with that, but on certain standards, I guess we have to have them, but you would be really, really um, complimenting yourself, and I don't mean a pat on the back, I mean giving to self, to pay attention to how are they communicating. Because those who communicate differently than our status quo really are here to teach us how to communicate. And they are some of the most gifted, intuitive beings on this planet. Um, I am blessed to, uh, I've recently started volunteering uh, with the Special Olympics basketball with the older males. And I'm just, they're, they're really teaching me to be present. Um, I feel like I get a gift 
every week when I'm there about what really matters in life. And this is kindness to each other. And yes, they are really focused on fairness. But that's okay too. And the different communication styles. Some can't communicate well verbally. So we do use some sign. And um, it's just amazing how that part of our brain shuts down and yet theirs is so stinking active because this is how they're navigating the world. I just think we have to pay a little bit more attention to it. And those, I've maintained this, that those on the autism spectrum or uh, Down syndrome or any what we would consider to be a cognitive delay, oh man, we really just have to pay attention because I really believe these are our older souls who are here to help us. So. I got off a little tangent there. So the way that they communicate, each kid is different. Some may have meltdowns because the energy has built up so much. During our day, we're walking around and we're swiffers, right? We're pulling in all of this energy to us. And we're not, most of us aren't even paying attention to it. And you may, at the end of the day, feel like you lose your temper or you, I call it losing your stuffing. Um, although if the stuffing would go, that would be really great. Maybe I need to lose my stuffing more. <laughs> but when you lose your shit, it, it is essentially because you've built up so much energy and it has not dispersed during the day. And a lot of the times, these kids that are coming in, their wiring is on the outside. So we, most of us adults, anybody over the age of 35, is walking around and we're still operating somewhat in a dial-up version. And these kids are the super fast, forget 5G, they are way past Fios. They are processing things so quickly. And that's why you can hand them the iPad to fix it and they're two years old. Uh, my grandson reprogrammed um, my phone when he was two and I couldn't figure out how to get it back. Um, I had to have his mom bring him back so he could fix my phone in my office. So. The honoring of the fact that, yes, they are wired higher. We need this. Each, each additional generation that we have, the generation gaps aren't age. They're frequency. We get a discord in the frequency. And I always particularly appreciate when someone says, I just don't understand what they're saying. Because it's true. It's, I don't think it's all that the older generations don't want to understand, there's a frequency difference. And sometimes when those from you know, two generations removed are speaking to each other, it might sound you know, very garbled or Charlie Brown's teacher. And it just gets uh, more and more difficult. So I feel like if we're paying more attention to how they're wired and what the fact that they're they're coming in wired like this, we can help them. So some of the kids these days, uh, <laughs> these kids these days, I sound like an old coot, don't I? Um, they have some spaciness that is not necessarily related to a cognitive processing challenge. It may be that they're having a hard time being grounded, being in their bodies, because the desire to be out of body is much more playful. It's more fun. Um, I, it's my preference. I love being here. I'm nosy, but I, I love that out of body feeling. 
And so you may see some spaciness. If they're staring off into space, don't interrupt them if, they, if there's free time. If you have to get going, you have to get to school, fine. Um, but if there's moments where something isn't scheduled, please have moments where stuff isn't scheduled. And they're staring off into space, leave them there. Let them develop the wiring that's going to help them navigate and lead our world. So they'll probably pop out after a few minutes and, and be back to you. And I, I know I would ask, what was going on there? Did you have a good trip? Um, and see if you can hear from them. They have very profound dreams. Um, a lot, so many of them see spirits and they most likely feel when there's been a fight in the room, but everybody's saying, no, we're fine. They're really, really great barometers. So one of the ways that they're, I think, going to help us is because they are so connected. More and more kids are bringing forth more and more souls, beings. They just happen to be in kid form right now, are bringing forth their talents from previous lifetimes. They're bringing forth their what they've learned about communication and love in previous lifetimes. They're very heart-centered. And while that is loving, and, and oh my goodness, do we really appreciate and need that, we have to help them be physical humans. We have to help them be practical. We are having a human experience. And if they get are allowed to be too floaty or out there, they never really learn accountability or responsibility. And it won't feel good to them because the soul has decided to come in to have this human experience if it's allowed to simply be who they are. I keep hearing that over and over again. I want my child to be who they really are. They don't know. There might be a knowing in there, but they are still a, a soul in a human body who need us as adults to be in charge of something because otherwise they will short circuit more because they can't run the world yet. They will one day, but they can't yet. So in the heart-centered space, I like to teach the little ones, so four, five, six years old, um, we, I, I go with what they like. You have to listen to them. So if there's someone who likes to dress up, likes to put capes on, likes to put uh, flowy dresses, well then that's how I communicate their energy field to them. I'll say, you know how this dress is outside your physical body and it's on it and it's taking up more space? Well, that's what your energy field is like. And then we talk about putting on white light and being responsible for their own energy field. And you can start this really young. They may need to wrap their head around it and please don't sit them down and do a big old talk. You take advantage of the situations, which means you gotta put down your phone you got to put down your computer and you have to pay attention. This is going to be a little bit of straight talk podcasting because I so believe we have to help these uh, souls to <laughs> help us because eventually they're going to be in charge and we have to do our work now. So you can help them to understand their energy field by honoring what they feel about a situation, who, how they feel about someone else. Teach them kindness in their description of it. But it's great to be able to say, I'm just not liking your energy today and I need some space. 
Now, one of the things that works really well with um, kids and souls up to the age of 13, 14, somewhere in there, uh, is to have them be very, very involved in hands-on. So clay, Play-Doh, um, any kind of crafting stuff. Hey, it's going to help with their fine motor skills too, it occurs to me now. But it's going to help them be grounded in their body since they've come from source and their, their body is growing so much, their brain is developing so much, there's a lot going on. Do you remember, I'm currently taking a, a, a business course and I said, <laughs> Friday night, I said, my brain hurts. I can feel my brain. I don't think you're supposed to be able to feel your brain. And then I thought, wow, this is what our kids are going through all the time and we forget that. So is it any wonder that they're not having a little bit of a meltdown? So the hands-on stuff, sea salt baths. Sea salt is good for every being. If, if you're not a bath person, you can throw it in your water, um, in your shower, at the facing away from the shower. You throw the salt at the top of the tub or the floor or whatever and let the drain and let the water pull it under your feet. Or a, a more efficient method would be to sit with your feet in water, you know, watching a movie or reading a book or something because it pulls the toxins out of what we've gone through during our day. So when Kenzie was little, she used to ask me to put the diamonds in the water because I would get the coarse sea salt. And when she was at the house, you believe the kid was getting the sea salt bath. Um, they have to exercise. We have to help them exercise. Well, let's call it play for them a lot because again the grounding is necessary so many parents are saying i don't know what to do with my kids and i'll say can you sit still all day you do not want a vicky who has to sit still all day i it just does not work and i have choice kids don't have choice but most especially for those who are walking around as these um, souls who have had more lifetimes they're coming in and they need that physical expression to be able to balance their non-physical selves. And you will notice I did not use the word old soul because I, that is reserved for those, I think, that are up in the, you know, five, six hundred lifetime things. And yes, we do go around that much. Uh, there was one parent who was in and she was trying to convince me that her child's should be special to everyone and this and I do have a point here your child is special to you your child is special for being a being for being a soul your child is not special to the whole world let's just wrap our heads around that we as a species have been having uh, kids that's how it keeps going on right that's how we're still here they are not the center of the universe and we need to start helping them to realize they're not the center of the universe while they're in home. They could be the center of their universe, they could be the center of your universe for a certain period of time. The more we teach these beings that they are the center of the universe, the more they have uh, anxiety, challenges and everything else later on because the rest of the world is not going to think this. So yes, this, you may have worked extremely hard to get your being into your world, whether through adoption, through uh, 
um, in vitro, through surrogacy, through your own pregnancy process, you may have really, really put a lot of effort into that. And for that, you know, we do choose our parents. I'd say you should high five your kids. But they aren't all that to the rest of the world. And you would be doing them a favor to get them down off that pedestal because it's too much pressure for them. Um, so the idea when this woman was trying to convince me that her child was extremely gifted intuitively, intuitive, I will give you that, absolutely. That little one was just absorbing everything that was in her field, and I felt for her for that reason. But what I ended up saying to the woman, um, which was a little too blunt, I'll, I'll grant you, but it worked, um, I said to her, that your child is not extremely intuitively gifted. She is intuitive. Your child is a brat. The child was not there to be hearing this, um, just to be clear. And it, I could see the woman, because she knew it. She knew what she was creating. Thankfully, this little one, oh my gosh, the most gorgeous hair you've ever seen, um, was six years old. So we worked on it. And she's incredibly empathic. She's a wonderfully loving teenager right now um, and she knows that she matters to me but she also knows that I don't think that just because she breathes I should be rewarding that um, because a little groundedness is important and I'd like to think that helped because they can smell BS like they can tell that you might be saying to another person, oh, they're just so wonderful, there's this, there's that. They know they're not. They know they're a work in process. Let's have some honesty here. Uh, uh, you know, appreciate and, and acknowledge th that that they bring the world. But get them off the pedestals because we're hurting their souls when we do that because they have to work that much harder because they then have to figure out where the deficit is, and they will feel a deficit. If we're honest, I don't think they have to feel a deficit or a discord. Discord might be a better word there. So encourage the expansion of that soul that came to you for you to raise it. Encourage it. Um, but let's keep in mind that this is a long game that we're talking about and not immediate gratification or even validation of yourself. They're not here to validate you. And if that's what you're looking for, your work has to, become, has to begin. And why are you looking outside yourself, especially to a child, to validate you as a good mom, as a good person, um, as, as an, a sentient being of your own? That's an inside job and not, not the responsibility of a child. Um, and then I believe it teaches entitlement if we float their boat on everything. And if you've listened to previous podcasts, you already know my opinion on that participation trophy thing, so I'm not going to go into it. They are each on their own soul's journey. And that means that whether you like it or not, they came in with an intention of actually their adult self or what were they going to learn in this lifetime. It is not about what we're doing. It is about what we're learning while we're here. So they set their course. You are the vehicle in which they get here, and they travel around for a while. But ultimately, each of us is here to 
learn to walk our own soul's path and then return to soul. So um, they have missions. Sometimes it's evident what the mission is. Um, and sometimes their empathy can get in the way of that mission. Sometimes their empathy can drive the mission. So if you are paying attention to what they're interested in, you will have a good idea of how to help them learn. And then you need to learn along with it. So there are some great, uh, there's some great material out there about intuitive children. I did not write it down and I'm drawing a blank, but I will put some links in the podcast notes. Indigo Children, uh, it was written about, oh geez, probably about 15 years ago, but the premises are still the same and how to help them be whole beings, including all of the things that they have to hear, they have to learn as a, as a human. You know, we have schooling and we have to produce an income of some sort. So it's a, always a complicated thing raising kids, um, but it's also a complicated thing being an intuitive kid. So the more parents or people who are raising them that are loving and appreciating them, <laughs> the, the more health, healthy they will be but we also have to provide that structure for them. And I'm going to talk about that a little bit uh, after this break, because I don't know if you know this or not, but podcasting is not free. So when you have a sponsor, it's lovely. So listen to my sponsor and I'll see you back in a minute. If you're listening to this podcast, it's because of Anchor. Anchor is an app that literally makes this podcasting experience so easy. It's free and there is a creation tool right inside the app and it'll send it out to all the platforms for you. It has made this process seamless and something that actually helped me to really be excited about getting all the shows out to you because it didn't take a whole new degree in technology. So feel free to download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started on your own podcast and let me know what it is so I can listen to it. You're listening to Intuition, Your First Sense, the podcast by Vicki Baird, intuitive coach, consultant, and speaker. Did you know that you can schedule a private intuitive session with Vicki? Book your own phone or video session online at vickibaird.com booking. And if you're ready to create transformation in your life as you develop your own intuition, choose a coaching package. With three, six, or 12-month options, you can benefit from Vicky's wise guidance over time as you discover your path. Plus, with a coaching package, you'll get improved pricing and priority advanced scheduling. Book today at vickybaird.com slash booking. That's V-I-C-K-I-B-A-I-R-D dot com slash booking. Thanks for listening. So how can we help the beings that are in our world? How can we help these young kids who might come home and say to you, um, Josie was so sad today. And when you say, well, well, why was Josie sad? Do you know? And they'll say, no, I don't know. So in that moment, it, it's an empathic response that they're, they're giving you an insight to a, a great response to that would be 
you know, you're a great kid to feel for another person. That's amazing. Um, not blowing it up like, ooh, let me go get a band for you. But good job, kid. You know, and you do the fist bump or something. Because acknowledging it will help them be there. Now, if it's that the, your child is just conveying this to you, and, you know, the news of the day kind of thing, then don't go into it. Let it go. If they're preoccupied by it, that's when I would have a conversation about, you know, other, everybody having their own energy and learning that it's very respectful to not be in someone's energy and it's also very respectful to not carry someone's energy. Because if we're carrying around someone else's pain and turmoil, they may not learn from it what is in the highest intention. So it's, it's challenging. Listen, none of us are going to do it perfectly. But if we can help learn ourselves that, you know, that the fact that we're walking around all basset hound sad for someone else is not helping. Can you do something about this? Does, is there something that a teacher or a parent needs to be notified about? Um, but if your kid is one of those, I call them psychic sponges, if your kid is one of those psychic sponges who's just carrying it around, sometimes they get addicted to it. And sometimes they are very um, appreciative of themselves for being able to feel that deeply. And that's when it can become very challenging because then they start to lose their own identity and they start seeing themselves as the, you know, the social worker of the world and carrying all the pains and the trials and tribulations. So, and you know, everybody has an ability within themselves to lead their own life if we help. Um, so I would just assess where your kid is on that. It's a great way to connect with them, to have conversations, to learn about your own sensitivities. Um, and are you doing that at work? Are you picking up on other people's? But if you help them differentiate their feelings from others, and if you learn to differentiate your feelings from others, it actually enhances relationships. Because then when someone is going through something, you can be there solidly for them because you're not dipping into your own story. So like I said before, uh, physical movement is very necessary. And the more in tune your kid is to the rest of the population, I would say equally that's how much you have to move around um, or have them move around because it disperses energy. Nature cleans um, and it helps to ground us. So as much as possible, have it be outside. A lot of these kids coming up through are very, very sensitive to dyes and preservatives. Their wiring simply does not process it well. So it, if you're having behavioral issues, of course you have to look in, in every nook and cranny. But this is an area I would suggest that you pay particular attention to, not just the sugar levels, but is there, are there dyes and things? Are there preservatives and things? Because they're, they're computers and they're wiring. You know, as we uh, raise our frequency and our sensitivity as a species, 
Well, it's going to go up. We're going to become more sensitive. So a whole foods approach is best for them. Uh, martial arts, something with a lot of structure is also fantastic. Music, um, getting them involved in some kind of music doesn't have to be instrumental um, or vocal. It can be dancing to music. Uh, but the, there's a natural cadence there that helps to reboot the system too. Um, and let them feel their feelings. You know, stop trying to fix everything so it's not possible to feel good all the time, nor is it helpful. Because if we didn't have the somewhat lower moments and we didn't have the moments where things felt like they weren't all that great, we wouldn't grow, we wouldn't strive, and we wouldn't have empathy for others. So let them have their feelings. Um, help them understand, you know, are you frustrated? Are you hungry? <laughs> are you um, tired? Is it tired, Vicky? Oh, it's about the only time you'll really see the cranky Vicky come out is if I'm overtired. Um, and then as an adult, I can take myself off to a nap or bed, but kids can't always do this. So helping them to explain how they're feeling. Um, it's important for them to be able to identify what's going on in their own sphere. And I'm not saying this to have them be self-centered. Um, I do teach selfishness because to be selfish means to take care of thyself. To be self-centered means to the exclusion of others. So I would love for every kid to be able, every person, every being on this planet, to be able to identify the emotions they're feeling and feel sure enough in themselves to handle them, to process through them, to learn from them. Um, so I'm not saying let's raise those that can't hear others. I think we already did a few of those. Um, but they have to know how to hear and assess their own frequency, their own intuitions, their own knowing in order to interact the best with others. Because if they're picking up all of this extra message, the messages and degrees, and they don't have to be in the same room in order to do this. They don't even have to be in the same country. Um, there, uh, there was a kid I was working with, young man, 13, 14, something, somewhere in that area. I remember congratulating him on becoming a teenager, so I know he was in that area. The, uh, he was, what he thought was hearing voices, and I take that very seriously because if it's a true mental health uh, wiring thing, that's not for me. That's for the specialist. But as somebody who hears voices, I think it's equally important to say what voices, what are they saying, where are they coming from, how do they get in, how do you perceive them. All of these questions are necessary if you have somebody who says that. Now, what it ends, ended up being, I gave him a description because there's nothing more frustrating than trying to describe something but not having the words. And that's one of my specialties, being able to describe what's going on within someone when they can't. And it's uh, where the gift of gab comes in handy. Uh, it ties in well with the intuitive sense. So what I asked him was, did it sound like a radio on in the other room was going through his head? And his, his little eyes lit up. And I said, okay, 
then we're pretty good. I, his, I still suggested that his parents take him and have him you know, see a therapist, be evaluated. And, and yet I was really certain that this young man was picking up sound frequencies, thought forms from other countries maybe, other, um, other parts of the United States, wherever they were coming from. He was basically a satellite dish and he was picking up those messages and perceiving them as his own thoughts or his own inner workings. So slight workarounds, I uh, usually suggest that people go to sleep in a quiet environment, but eh, I just told them turn, turn on a timer, not the TV, but a timer on a radio station. He loved basketball, so we just suggested that he listen to podcasts about basketball to nod off because what it would do was override the messages coming in so he didn't get freaked out because his ears had to listen to something outside of his intuitive head and then it allowed him to relax and then once he was asleep he was good and it was the no sleep that was really causing the problem and the behavioral problems and the no sleep was coming from the fact that when he got quiet he heard this radio station in his head so it can show up in so many ways if there is a behavioral problem I would first look to the structure of the household and is there any, are the adults in charge, um, and not a dictatorship, but are they helping the kids to understand that they're supported and, and things are okay. Um, and then I would look to see if their energy fields are overwhelmed and we're so busy right now, too busy, too many things on the plate, too much time spent in making sure we check things off the list. Like I said earlier, if they're spacing out, let them. It defrags the brain. So helping them to connect with others in a healthy way, one way would be to volunteer. To, and that could be cleaning out their toy box and taking it. It doesn't, I'm not saying put another thing on the list, but I'm saying help them understand that there can be a physical response to what they're taking in. If they're feeling sadness about kids who don't have as much as they do, well, jump on it. Um, and, or that the their people are slobs and they throw things out of their car windows. Come on, people, you're freaking adults. Find the garbage. Um, then you take a bag and you pick up the side of the road and maybe you don't post it on social media for attention. Maybe you do it because it feels good. So it's important to help them understand, not tell them what they're feeling. Uh, but uh, one of the things that's actually really good is when they're telling you what's going on. So a lot of them see spirit. And that's just absolutely true. Every one of us did. And we shut it down when the brain needed to go into full force or someone told us it wasn't really happening, right? So the, a lot of kids see spirit, and uh, it's important that if they're talking about someone um, and they're seeing something, turn down the fear factor, okay? In 20 years of doing this professionally, and then you know the rest of my life experiencing it, but it, I have not found a malevolent energy unless I went looking for it, meaning I cleared a house for someone. So 
the majority of the time it is a loved one visiting. It is someone coming in that uh, might be associated with the house. I had someone pop in my car the other night when I was at the ATM. <laughs> Luckily, I had locked my, I heard lock your door and I, the car was literally five feet from the ATM. And so I locked my door and I, when I turned back around to get in the car, I saw with my mind's eye, but for me, it's not always evident that it's the mind's eye initially. I saw a form sitting in the front seat of my car. Now, had I not listened to the voice that said, lock the car, I probably would have been more scared because it could have been a, man, a human. And let me tell you, I have more concerns about the human population than I do anybody who has left their physical body and is in spirit form. So the very process of being able to be present enough to hear, lock your door, I locked my door, it gave me an assurity, that's not a human, that's just somebody who croaked. So I got in the car and said, how can I help you? And then he popped out. So I, I don't know who he was. He probably just thought he realized he got in the wrong car. So these things are going to happen. They, they happen every day. The more we raise our frequency, the more likely you have kids who see these things. So a way to, to honor them without giving them a fat head or boosting their ego side of things is let them tell you what they're seeing. If it scares the heebie-jeebies out of you, turn it down. You know, suck it up, buttercup. These are your kids. You have to act strong when you don't feel strong. So take a deep breath. You can freak out later, but hold a place of strength to say, okay, well, what did they look like? If they can describe it, and maybe the next day or so, you ask them about it again, um, and say, for instance, they said, well, they had overalls on. We might call them something else, but they have overalls on. And the next day you say, oh, he was wearing shorts. And they look at you and they go, he was wearing overalls. Then you know they saw something. Um, and again, suck it up. Take a deep breath if this stuff freaks you out. And equally, if this stuff excites you, take a deep breath and don't make it a, a hugely big deal. But one of the best responses when they say, did you see it or do you see it? If you didn't, the best response ever is to say to them, I didn't see it, honey. I believe you did. Now, if the kid changes their story over and over and over again, and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger, I'm not saying they didn't see initially. What I am saying is they are being brilliantly manipulative because this is part of being a kid, and they realize they have your attention, and they're expanding on the story. If the story changes, then very often this is not a real sighting. This is something that their imagination created. Um, so you kind of got to weigh it out and everything. When my daughter was growing up and she would say that there was someone in her room or acting up or something, I still checked on it intuitively to make sure it was okay. But now, at this point, let me be clear, she was about 15, 16. I would say to her, uh-uh, your room, your ghost, deal with it. Because at some point, she was going to move out. 
and in all likelihood, given the way she's wired as a soul, this was not going to stop happening. So she needed to have the surety that she could deal with it when mom wasn't in the next room to kick them out, to clear it, to do whatever. And, you know, most of the time she figured out what they wanted faster and more um, efficiently than I could. And then she knew how to deal with it when she did move out. She had one particular apartment that had quite a bit of activity. And when I told her I could clear it, she's like, no, I like her. Um, <laughs> so, you know, you can teach them to play well with others through this. So there's no set plan. There's no set course. No, not, We can learn along with them. We can learn how to support them much like you would if they showed a proficiency in um, a sport or playing a piano, the piano or something. You would find a teacher. You would find a class. You would read up on it. So this is the same, only it's something that will be with them for a lifetime. And if not practiced and paid attention to, can often lead to some um, desires to numb. And that might be through eating, through drinking, through drugs, through sexuality, um, through overworking, overexercising. Uh, it shows up in however unique the person is. So as adults, we have to be willing to hear to learn, educate ourselves, but also recognize this really is no big deal because we're all walking around with our first sense being primary and our intuition being the first sense and the rest of them backing it up. So that's part of the reason I want this out there for everybody so that it becomes everyday conversation. And then when there's some you know, extremes and somebody's moving something through telekinesis, we can, ooh, really play with that and have fun with it. So you just pay attention. Pay attention to yourself and what you're feeling and knowing and perceiving. And then you know, pay attention to those kids around you. I didn't get into too many specifics because they're all so different and I don't want anybody leading their kids in or their grandkids or their foster children or your students in your classroom. You know, if you're a teacher and you've got 20-something of those energy balls walking in the room. Oh, man, bless you. Uh, because that's a lot of energy to be bouncing around. So make sure you're surrounding them in white light. Your classroom is filled up with light, white light, and they will you know, appreciate you all the more. So thank you for listening, for being interested, for sending the subject matter in uh, so that I could expand on it a little bit. I had covered it very briefly in an earlier episode, but the more information we have, the better we will serve these little bundles, um, and the hopefully more balanced humans we will have out there walking around using all of their senses. So I wish you a very intuitive week, and I'll talk to you next week. Make sure you subscribe. If you don't subscribe, you won't get the bonus episodes because they just pop up and I'm not advertising those. So go to wherever you listen, you're listening to this podcast. Just hit the subscribe button. It's pretty easy. They do the work for you. And, you know, get in touch with me across all of the social media and we'll see you next week. 
Thank you for listening to Intuition, Your First Sense. As always, please like and subscribe to this podcast wherever you are listening to it. Leave a review and take a minute to share it with a friend. You can find me all across social media at at Coach Vicki Baird, and you can book a virtual session with me from wherever you are in the world at vickibaird.com slash booking. That's V-I-C-K-I-B-A-I-R-D dot com slash booking. Thank you again and see you on the next episode.